DJ, would you mind uh, turning off the AC while you're over there? Time to swelter. Yep. Helter swelter. <laughs> Helter swelter. <laughs> when I get to the bottom and the top of the ride. <laughs> There's some good songs on that album, but as a whole, that album could have could have used some tightening, I think. Yeah. It could have not been a double. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with our hosts Randall Nolary. Hey everybody. And DJ Mandolini. What's up? How you guys doing? Awesome. Doing great, Kevin. <laughs> you know why? Why? Because we played some Rocket League before this <laughs> oh, and we went go. out on a win. We That's did right. go out on a win. We played three games and we did lose the first two. But it's the last game that matters. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one that counted. It's a nice callback so. to episode one, DJ. Nice job. <laughs> But uh, but I I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, so I finally finally pulled the trigger and I did buy No Man's Sky. Oh, nice! Uh, they they just finally announced their uh, they're calling it uh, No Man's Sky 2.0 update. Uh, they're also I think it's also called the Beyond update. Yeah, I thought they had but, a fancier uh, name than that. Yeah, but uh, but they they're like also like kind of referring to it as 2.0 as as in like oh this is like such. A different game from what it was originally you know right um or not necessarily different game but more fleshed out or whatever but it right. just like you know I, I was just thinking about it and it was on sale for half off on the ps uh, store the playstation store and i was just like and and uh, to be honest it, they added I, maybe this was already in the game to be uh already in the game but uh they vr is in there and, yeah. and just like watching these clips of the new trailer and and i was just like I, you know these guys made joe danger and I really liked uh, that game. I never played much of the sequel, but uh, but it also was pretty fun from the little bit I played. Right. But I was like, you know, that game was super fun. It's half off. It's, you know, I, I, I'm personally a big like Star Trek fan. I, I like sci fi stuff. Um, and it just looked like I could see myself getting kind of lost in this, especially if I had a VR setup. Right. Um, Are you thinking about getting one? I'm I'm thinking about it i think it would be well down the road still wait for black but, uh, friday my dude they always have good deals on that okay because yeah that playstation vr is like that's about as much as i would want to invest in it you know i would sure it, i'd have to have a way more powerful computer and right. uh, you know oculus and all those other setups are just a little uh, i can't think of uh, the other ones off the top of my head htc but, uh, vive the vive yeah that's right the vive um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, those seem like a way more, you know, steep investment. But yeah, but it seems like, you know, stuff on there. There's a handful of other cool uh, games that I've looked into uh, on the PlayStation, like specifically for the PlayStation VR that look pretty cool, like Astrobot. Oh, yeah. And uh, Moss, but particularly No Man's Sky in like Subnautica and some of these like more immersive experiences seem like they'd be pretty cool. But uh, but even without VR, I just was like, you know, for twenty five bucks. They, the fact that they've been working on this game for three years or however long it's been since the initial release, which, you know, had a had a little bit of a rocky start to say, you know, to put it mildly. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, a little little bit of over promising, a little bit of Peter Molyneux action. I'll put some of that uh, on Sony, though. But anyway, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know too much. I, I just remember, you know, I mean, when something when people get their hopes up, you know, it's like, yeah, we were ta- I know we were talking a little bit before the podcast about like TV shows and like the end of the series. You know, it's never going to live up to the after 10 seasons, you know, when it when Lost wraps up. Oh, boy. It's like, you know, it's not going to be that whatever you envisioned in your head, you know, you're not you're not writing the show and it's not going to be what you hoped, you know. Right. So remind me, what were the main complaints? In regards to No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just like no, what they Seinfeld. kind of like it was like <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like in regards to like the just like what they were talking about, what the game was going to be and just what it ended up kind of being at the at the start, at least. Yeah, you know, they were it was promising this like open ended ginormous playground that you could do anything and everything basically and it it they were a small team relative to the scope of the project ultimately and i it just wasn't feasible i think for them to deliver on the the promises that were kind of thrown out there at least by their communications team yeah it definitely seems like a game that uh that would have benefited from probably doing like an early access kind of situation and and slowly tweaking and and going along with okay this is what people like this is what people don't like but but again, I guess that's sort of what they have ended up doing. You know, all the, all these updates have been free. Uh, they've done a couple other, at, at least one or two other, if not more. Um, I've been like, you know, just vaguely following the game. But uh, they've done a couple other, you know, decent size updates in the past. And the, and the, the fact, yeah, it just, just kind of, you know, it just clicked where I was just looking at the PlayStation Store and, and the games on sale. And I was just kind of like, you know, these guys have, again, they've already made a game uh, or a series of games that I really like. And uh, even though, again, not having played too much of the sequel to Joe to uh, Joe Danger, but uh, I just thought, you know, they've been just constantly working on this thing and like it's clearly something that they're very passionate about. And uh, I just felt like, you know, I'm I'm willing to willing to give them a chance. So I haven't played it at all yet. But uh, have you guys checked out any of the update stuff yet? Or I know I sent the trailer to our little uh, hangout thread. Yeah, that trailer was sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I I think just that kind of game is not really my style or, you know, being just dropped into a world and it's like you can do whatever you want. I like to be given a little more structure than what I got the impression that they were giving. Um so I I was kind of <laughs> actually like uh glad that it didn't do well because it felt DJ. like i was justified in my like stance i know well for what it's worth though this new update so one of the things that they added is like there's specifically i think a 16 player online multiplayer for consoles and up to 32 player online for pc Man, nice um, I, could, I could be wrong about that but there's definitely like online like specific you know you can get into like a small server um, and you can either you again, you can do you can what? do whatever you want, but they, they have added in stuff like, you know, it's not full blown like World of Warcraft or like Destiny, but they've added in like full blown quests where it's like they're either combat related or exploratory related. But there's like there's actual purpose uh, from what I've seen. Again, I've just okay. kind of perused the trailer and looked up a couple like. I watched some like 10 or 15 minute video that was just kind of it just had the trailer looping in the background. But they were just talking about all the like info about the update that's been leaked or not leaked, but, you know, discussed or whatever um, and, and up to this point. What's the combat like? Do you know, is it like gun stuff or is it like I, I really don't know? I, th- I, I, I don't think know it either. does play like a third slash first person shooter. I think it is one of those games you can you switch, you know, if you want to be in first or third person. Got it. Um. 
But I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it plays like it's not any kind of super fast paced combat. And maybe I could be even wrong about that. There might not even be combat. But uh, but it just looks like they've definitely like uh, fleshed out some of those quest experiences to more than just like you're not you're not just going around mining. Oh, I found a new planet with a new resource and I'm mining it and I'm finding new, you know, species and and this and that. And they've also, from what I understand, they've really upgraded the uh, the ships and stuff like the different spaceships. You can get they're way bigger um, than they ever were before in the game and, and just like the way you can travel through space and whatnot. But I don't know. It just it looked like, again, I'm a big, big fan of Star Trek and sci fi stuff. And and it just seems like a game that especially like if I ever do get a VR set up, like I mentioned before, I just I really think I could really get lost in this game. Um, especially if any of you guys end up picking it up and we play online and have a little, uh, you know, <laughs> a little uh, little base or something like yeah. that, little planet. Yeah, especially if there is like shared world stuff that way. That would be sweet. I'd be into that. And I think it is. It's all the same world. I, I remember them talking about that when the game first launched, right? But like they're saying stuff like there's a chance you might not run into any other players. The universe is so big. I know it was like super exploration heavy as like the first. Yeah. Yeah, it was all about like it was like they were they kind of like were like weird about it. Like they wouldn't say explicitly, but they were like, it is massively online multiplayer. But you yeah, you probably won't ever see anybody. Right. Because it's so huge, like you were saying. So pretty, pretty cool that they, you know, you can still play, I think, in that mode. But then you can also play. Hey, I I do want to sync up with some people and, you know, run a little space base. How about this? I'll watch you play and then see if I can invest. Well, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to check this out at some point. Maybe once I get my bearings, I'll uh, I'll stream a little and uh, check this game out. So. And see if I can see if I can sell you guys. See if I can sell myself first. So I'm definitely curious. Yeah, I, I think this game at this point came out what like two or three years ago. Anyway, right? I, I think it was about bit. three. Yeah, I think yeah. it was about three years. And I know, like you said, they've been working on it ever since that point. Which I think a lot of other studios would have been like, "Whoa, no, this like backlash is crazy. Let's like let's lay lower and start on something brand new." And kudos to them for sticking through it and seeing it through to uh to this huge update and yeah it's getting a, a lot of good praise seemingly now so yeah yeah and, and a little closer to what was originally promised for yeah. this game you know so pretty cool to see them seeing it through so kudos to them for for sticking with it totally but uh but i guess uh just going right from right from that to more of the PlayStation stuff, uh, which I know we talk about a lot of Nintendo stuff on this podcast since we do no, play a lot of don't. Switch. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but DJ and uh, DJ and Randall have both been uh, dipping into one of the PlayStation Plus games this month, uh, month of August. That is um, uh, the Wipeout Omega Collection. Is that right? Yes, sir. Cool. Uh, fill me in. I, I downloaded it, but I haven't played yet. But uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, so this is actually another game that supports VR also for what Oh yeah. I'm yeah. Ah, fuck. I'm gonna end up <laughs> buying it by the end of this episode. I do have ninety two dollars of uh Amazon credits, so it go. might uh it might happen. I know, I want one of those headsets. I'm gonna get the the stupid move controllers too when I do buy it. I'm gonna go. Oh god, I forgot about that. That's a, that is more of an investment. But anyways, yes. not to keep getting sidetracked here. <laughs> Wipeout Omega Collection is a uh, very fast racing game in the vein of, I would say, like F-Zero would be a pretty apt comparison, although 
way more modern than that since we haven't had an F-Zero since the GameCube days at this point. Right. Um, but Wipeout Omega Collection is actually a combination uh, and remaster of two previous Wipeout games, Wipeout HD Fury and Wipeout uh, 2048. So it took both of those games, put the best parts together. You've got 26 tracks. You've got 46 ships, uh, nine different modes. Um, I only played like an hour or two of this game. I think, DJ, you were in the same boat that way because this did yeah. just become available for August. Not not all that long ago from our time of recording here. Yeah, um, probably only about a week ago. Yeah. Um, but I've I've enjoyed it so far. The sense of speed is is crazy in this game. It's like fast, fast, and it's like runs at full buttery smooth sixty frames per second. Um, I've got a four K TV, so it plays in full four K and looks very pretty. Although because it's so fast, I found myself not blinking, and it like wore <laughs> my eyes out like crazy. I'm like oh my god. <laughs> yeah i wonder how that would feel on vr <laughs> yeah oh geez yeah like yeah probably even worse honestly that way yeah. what do you think dj i mean i i agree with you i wasn't anticipating like the drifting to be like so you know sensitive also it is, like yeah you you just barely touch the button and you're going like 90 degrees <laughs> or you were it's like geez like how do you how do you handle this like i i had a really hard time i could barely get in first in a lot of these tracks yeah Yeah, it is not easy to get first so drifting so drifting when when you mentioned drifting i just kind of think of mario kart uh because i want to say f-zero if i'm not mistaken there wasn't any kind of drifting i mean the the car itself would have a little bit of like a drifting feel to it but i don't think there was like a button i could be wrong about that but uh is there any like are you getting weapons and stuff like that as it you drift but yeah okay is it uh are you but are you getting like weapons in this game and wipeout to uh like attack other people or is it strictly racing? It, they're weapons too. Yes. Um so I don't feel like uh many of them are effective. Yeah. Like, you know, you got the cannons that give you like, you know, a set amount of bullets you can shoot out and like but it, they don't seem to do much damage or like cause the cars to slow down. Uh speaking of damage, yeah, you have a total amount of health and so uh, if you just get killed, you're you're done. Um, right. So that's, okay, that's pretty F zero. Yes, yeah. as well. Yes. Um, but gee, like I'm always pumped if like what I get is the autopilot because that that just seems to be oh, the most right. useful thing. Yeah, yeah, I did get that a couple of times. That that was kind of surprising when that was one of the items you could pick up. It's like, so is yeah, that like no, bullet, I'll race this part for that's, you. That's bullet bill. Yes, bullet bill. Bullet bill. Yeah. <laughs> you're back in third. Congratulations. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to check this game out. It's one that, you know, looks cool, but it's you know, I'm not a huge racing game fan. I, I enjoy them. I always have fun playing them. Um, but it just, you know, I'm always like, eh, I, don't, I don't know how much it goes for 20, 30, 40 bucks. Yeah, but I think, uh, I think maybe but, it's uh, like 20 usually at this point, something like that. Yeah, but for, but to snag for free, yeah. like and I were not for you know for for whatever the cost of PlayStation Plus is, but uh, but to just get that as a, like a free perk for that, that's uh, pretty nice because racing games can be like a nice uh, nice distraction. Totally, and it's it's a game that I had on my radar anyway. I was actually thinking about buying it, and then I saw it was available. I'm like, oh sweet, like a PlayStation Plus game that I'm super interested in. So that was a that was a nice change of pace for me. So. Had you played those uh, previous games? No, no. I've always kind of had them on my radar, but I was just never that big of a PlayStation guy growing up, and that's kind of where those games were. 
So, uh, you know, I always, like I said, played a lot of F zero, um, played a lot of like wave race, like hydro thunder, those type of games, but not as much Wipeout. So yeah, f- glad to finally play, uh, what seems to be a really good version of it. And how does it look as far as like the remaster, you know, these are, cause I think one of these games, like I know you mentioned their PlayStation stuff. I think one of them was a PSP or, or maybe a PS Vita game. The successful um, and then Vita. a and then a PS3, <laughs> you know, PlayStation Network game. So these are these games are a little bit older, you know, not not ancient, but you know, yeah. yeah I mean, like I think the graphics quality is really great. Um, it's a super simple style, you know. It's, yeah. It's yeah, detailed, but but sl- simple and slick. That being said, uh, I didn't find like the levels to be that interesting looking. I would agree with that. It's, it's a very like clean, the whole game kind of has a very like clean minimalist thing going on. Yeah. So it's, it's like great graphics, but like not a lot visually, but not interesting. Like it's, I I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just kind of like, it looks nice, but it's not inventive or it's not though to be fair nothing nothing you haven't seen before you're going like 200 miles an hour so you don't have a lot of time to take anything what are you gonna notice yeah yeah it might even be better someone else is watching you play yeah i mean that would be a valid criticism well well, to be fair i'm crashing a lot so i'm going zero miles per hour you get a lot of time to take it in yeah and when you crash are you like exploding and resetting or is it just like you take some damage you take some damage yeah okay although i guess they do also have like a pilot assist mode where like kind of like uh horizon uh chase turbo kind of like stops you from hitting the the edges um okay and one of the items you can pick up is a shield for what that's worth and what isn't it like you can absorb like an item you pick up and like does that mean it? i i wasn't yeah. clear what that meant does that just go to your health or i don't know i wasn't I, sure yeah, what it i meant. noticed that too and i wasn't quite sure what was going on there that you know that that is one thing that kind of like you know bothered me a little bit is just like there are some i guess a little more non-intuitive elements to this game and they don't have like any kind of tutorial mode to like let you know they have like some hints during the loading screen but but who's That's paying it. attention They're, to that? Yeah. Yeah. And then and it's not like they don't have the option to like, you know, go to the options and like check out all the hints. It's you know, it's if you happen to see something valuable, like good for you. But, <laughs> that is yeah. true. I, I guess they're expecting you to have already played some of this stuff before since it is a remaster. Maybe that's kind of where they're coming from. But yeah, there wasn't yeah. a lot. It just kind of throws you in the deep end and says, hey, here you go. Race against uh, seven other computer players try to come in yeah. first here you go i was pressing r2 thinking that was going to be accelerate Me too so no you gotta press x you sure do <laughs> got the buttons all wrong because it's an old school playstation game at its core so yeah the, t- the two games is based on uh wipeout hd fury was on playstation 3 and then uh 2048 was on vita so you are correct kevin okay and did, did these games have online? I know you guys said you're playing racing against the computer, but it, does it have online play yep. as well? And yeah, leaderboards. Yep. Nice. And and not to not to harp on the VR stuff since none of us even have it, but pretty cool that there's a PlayStation Plus game that is again, you know, free or whatever, you know, the cost of the subscription is, but that they're adding stuff like that that you can, you know, if you do invest in a VR setup, yeah. You know, I don't know if this is I don't know if there's any other games that have come out that have been part of, you know, or that have that uh, asset. But pretty cool that they're releasing stuff that, you know, 
enhances your value in the play in the VR setup. Totally. Yeah, there's a lot of good, that that VR library on PlayStation is pretty dang good at this point. I know, I know. I'm really con- the more we talk about it, or the more I talk about it, <laughs> the more I'm considering it. Hell yeah! Go so ahead. let's go have these. Yeah, I there might talk go. myself into it. By wipe it out, wipe it out here. pretty good between you guys using it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anything else to add to that, or no, not from me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, well, from one uh, PlayStation Plus game to another, we uh, DJ's been playing a little bit of Sniper Elite Three. Yeah, I played like an hour's worth before coming over here today. But uh, oh, you just played it today for the first time? Yep, yep. Just, okay, you know, figured hey, we'll get another minute or two. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Squeeze it out of there. <laughs> More than I played. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a franchise that I'm unfamiliar with, but. Uh, it's a 3D shooter game um, where first person, third person. <laughs> oh, sorry, I said 3D. I meant to say third person. <laughs> Kill me. I guess it could be 2D, but that would snipe wouldn't... me. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> snipe me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's pretty stealth heavy. Um, so, like, you know, I had some. Uh, I guess some vibes of like metal gear solid or even Mm. hitman a little bit Mm. um but Mm. at least like the you know the level i played is just like okay you're in uh you're going through europe you're going through italy like during world war ii um you know you got to take out all these you know german officers uh you can do it whatever way you want uh it's not like you have to uh, at least in the mission I did, it's not like, oh, you have to go undetected. It's, I don't know, it it encourages you to be stealthy because if you get spotted, it's easy to just get overwhelmed. Sure. Um, but it's not, it's not really dictated to you where it's like, oh, you got detected, you fail. Like, you kind of really find your own way to go about the levels, which is, you know, I guess when we were talking about Hitman, like, we were wanting it to do more of that and not not that you know hitman is the game to compare this to but just that feeling of like i've got a stealth game and i want to be able to go about it you know whatever way i feel comfortable with and right this game definitely allows you to do that um some you know the the thing it seems to uh you know toot its own horn on is uh the like kill cam or killed shot i don't know like these little cutscenes where sometimes if you know you you know are gonna shoot someone in the head like it'll do like a little like cinematic right when you shoot and it'll show like you know from the bullets perspective just oh boy going yeah like 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 right behind the bullet just going into someone's head and you see like an x-ray vision of it like going through their brain or something it's like just hyper violent but at least you're killing nazis so i can kind of go along with it and and, you know like just what we need in america (laughs) i mean eh, we've we've played our fair (laughs) deal of shooter yeah well i've i've played less than probably you guys or at least less than you dj like i've i i play a few here and there like i be the last shooter i played was probably bioshock infinite fair enough um but you know when you start the game for the first time it's like 
do you, you this feature exist do you want it or not so it's, oh it's that's not, cool that's yeah, nice so, yeah so it's you know if you don't have the stomach for it <laughs> you can uh, <laughs> go about it your own way um and they have like other cool things too like you know if if there's um you know something in the environment making a lot of noise like you know in the level i was playing there were planes that would fly by and while that's happening if you shoot then the sound of the plane makes it so you know Ah. people can't hear your shot so you can kind of be like a little strategic in that sense too it's not just just a standard just shoot everybody kind of thing um I can see so, the Hitman and Metal Gear comparisons there. Yeah, you know? this game is sounding a lot more interesting. Like, you know, I, I, you know, when I pulled it up on the, hey, what's new on the PlayStation Plus, you know, for August. Right. And it's like, this looks, oh, American Sniper. Here right. we go. Bradley, <laughs> Bradley Cooper. Uh, so it just didn't look like, my, you know, again, I, I don't play a lot of shooters. I only played Bioshock Infinite because like everybody's just Bioshock, Bioshock. You know, you got to play Bioshock. So I was just like, this looks pretty fun. I'll check it out. And I, I liked it. I didn't love it. But I, I just don't play a lot of these games uh, just because it's not the type of theme or setting or whatever that I typically like to play. But some of these right. mechanics do sound pretty engaging and interesting. So, yeah, I like mean, the fact that it's a little more puzzly or solving the like there's like multiple solutions to these problems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I had no idea what to go what to expect going into this either but i'm i'm pretty hooked i'm pretty excited to jump back into this when i get home so how are these how are these kill cams like are they is it like cartoony at all or is it like is it it super is it like gruesome like is it meant to be like holy shit that's gross or is it like it's like mortal Kombat? okay (laughs) i wasn't sure if it was more like Oh, this this guy went flying across the map like you know his arm no. exploded and like in a crazy cartoony way or in a just gruesome violent way. It's more way. gruesome. Like I mean, you'll see like an organ get just like destroyed, <laughs> like a lung or <laughs> okay. a heart or something. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So I might I might turn that setting off. Yeah, I think I'm in the same but, uh, boat. But I, but I will it, say, give it a shot. <laughs> give it a shot. Us. Give it a snipe. Uh, but I will say, I, I do like, uh, you know, when I play games that do have shooting mechanics in them or that have guns in them, um, I do, you know, sniping is just kind of fun because it does yeah. have that strategic element at yeah. times or, you know, a little less so in multiplayer games. Like I would always try to snipe when we used to play like Uncharted back oh, in the yeah. day online. And like it's, it's just hard because like people just know. Yeah, this is the sniping spot on this map. It's it, there's not. It's just kind of hard to manage that. But when it's kind of well implemented into a, a into a core like single player experience, right? I uh, I really can love that. Like uh, in I think it was Metal Gear Solid Two. I want to say there's like a segment where you're sniping. There's like a there's this uh, woman that's like walking across a little like it's not a bridge but this like platform that's like in the water and you have to snipe these mines as she walks along them and or as she walks along that platform before she you know hits them and just like yeah i just always have loved sniping segments in games that reminds me of a resident evil 4 segment too that was kind of similar to that idea yeah but uh, yeah i love that the the feel of tension is something very you know right specific to sniping in games which is pretty cool but it's yeah. weird, though, because it's like, you know, at the same time, you're far, far away from the actual danger. So it's like it, 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 there's an argument to make, 
be made that like that should reduce the tension in a way. Cause, like, but even you got you one shot, well. right? That's the tension. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I was trying to figure out like why sniping is such an enticing thing in games. Yeah, like, yeah. Is it like just the fact that it's like a one shot, one kill kind right. of thing? You got to perfect it. Yeah, yeah. It's all about that risk reward. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we, unless you had more to say, DJ, why don't we table this for now? Cause I I'm, I'm honestly kind of interested. I was expecting to not really care about this game and now I'm kind of interested. I kind of want to touch on this after we've all played a little bit. Yeah. I feel like if I talk more, it'll just risk uh, you not being interested anymore. (laughs) Well, no, 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 no. If you had more to say, please add more. Other than uh, I guess there, there is more than just sniping too. Like, at least in you know, again, in the level that I played, I also had like a, you know, a, a, a rifle in case you know I did have to do some close combat, and you know, you can do like you know stealthy knife kills too. So like, it don't expect it to just be just sniping. Like, it, it is kind of well rounded a bit. So. Well, you're actually that's I'm oh. more interested. Well, go ahead. One thing I just forgot, it's uh, you do have a, a set amount of health and it's not just like you if you get shot, you wait a while and you get all your health back. Like yeah, it's it kind of a set little, amount of health. It, yeah. oh, here come the, here come the sepia tones. Yeah, and just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so you have to get like bandages and med kits and stuff, which you can like, you know, find throughout the level as well or like, you know, pick off of dead bodies or stuff like that. So. I'm into that. I'm really pumped to play this game. I got to be honest. Like, again, I'm I'm, like, not that it's it's not normally my thing, but this is speaking my language. I like like a lot of what you're saying here. Me, too. Me, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. Well, we'll touch on this game, uh, you know, in in an upcoming episode here then uh, in the future. But uh, from some more free games or subscription based free games. Why don't we go into Randall? I know you've been dipping into a couple of uh, games that are offered via the uh, NES online service on the Nintendo switch. Yeah. So I've been doing my best to, to shoehorn retro content into every episode now. So (laughs) thank you. Yeah, of course. So the, the time to do that again is now. Uh, So (laughs) Nintendo switch online offers uh, NES games as the folks that pay the, 20 bucks uh, a year well no uh, and it's been a minute since I've kind of gone in and checked out what was there because I do have a pretty extensive NES collection I've got like I, I probably have like 120 plus NES games um, but there was a couple of them that I was like yeah let me see let me see how this plays uh, on switch there actually in in this instance these are both games that I own in cartridge form but like I've said in previous podcasts I've got that NES controller for switch and I'm like yeah here's another reason to use that thing that I paid 70 or 80 bucks for a set of two for some reason for. <laughs> so uh, I played some Donkey Kong three and some Wario's woods. And uh, I feel like people don't talk about either one of these games that much They're, even though they were both uh, Nintendo developed NES games, they're just kind of like flew under the radar. Um, specifically Wario's woods does, but uh, there's a good reason it's the last uh, game released by Nintendo on the NES. It has that distinction. It was released in 94 when uh, the NES originally came out in like 83. So it's pretty right. nuts. And there is a Super Nintendo version of that game there as is. well, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of more the, the, the lead platform for that game. But 
as a, a weird is it Odyssey. the same game yeah just, just, just yeah with the different graphical oh, okay. you know overhaul maybe, maybe maybe there's some different modes or slight you know different slight differences but nothing nothing huge got it but I'll talk about Wario's Woods first. It's a weird game. So you're playing as Toad um, in kind of your typical Tetris uh, grid area. But instead of like, instead of just using a cursor or moving around like a Tetris piece, you are playing as Toad inside of that environment, like moving around, picking up things um, in kind of a similar way of uh, like Super Mario Brothers 2, where you can pick up like turnips and stuff. You're picking up uh, different like, uh, like alien creatures or bombs that you want to uh, either put in like straight across vertical or horizontal three or four or five ways. You can also go diagonal by like lifting stuff above your head or setting up diagonals. And mm-hmm. those bombs, which it, it's crazy complicated, but for whatever reason, last night I got into a zone with this game and I've never once gotten into a zone with this game with the actual cartridge <laughs> that I've owned for like 10, 15 years. And I don't know what the deal is with that. Maybe it was just the right amount of drinks or something, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll I say, like, I'll, I, I have this game on the yeah. NES, uh, Jesus, <laughs> on the NES as well. And uh, I also have had a really tough time. Of I've only played maybe 20, 30 minutes. Same. But was just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, I, I had a really hard time. So kind of kind of curious or interested, again, now that it's just kind of handy and available. Right. To yeah. check this out. And it, it's a puzzle game, so I had to play it. Um, so, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By law, I had to make sure. I didn't well, want I did. to, but I had to. We should try playing this. Is there a two-player mode? There is a two-player Because I know they have uh, online added to a lot of these Ooh, NES games, yes. which is a really cool feature. You know, even if you're just playing, like, Mario 3, you can just trade off. And, you know, if you're, it doesn't have uh, the ability to, like, you can't chat via the Switch. But if you call your buddy on Skype... While you're playing along or, uh, you know, I think uh, they do have that Nintendo app. Which oh, you can use for the some app, games for even for the uh, for the online. The yeah. NES online. OK, oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. I did not know that. Not that we would probably even use that in that circumstance, but it is an option. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, but pretty cool that we can check this game out. I, I definitely we should uh, try to stream a little bit of this, not to keep talking about streaming, too. But no, it's true, though. I called them aliens, but I guess it, Nintendo wants to call them monsters, so we'll go with that. They kind of look like weird <laughs> bunny creatures uh, in different colors. And like a lot of games of this uh, type and vintage, you have to match up the colors, um, like three or four or five, like I said. But there has to be at least one bomb and one... Well, there doesn't have to be a creature, but there has to be at least one bomb to explode that, you know, that row or whatever. Um, and yeah, it's, it's basically what it comes down to. You have to make sure you've cleared all of the monsters off of that play field before you move on to the next kind of preset tile set of, of monsters you have to get rid of. But if you take too long, the ceiling starts coming down from the top and more, uh, monsters and bombs are also coming down from the top. And often those monsters are a different color than what you just cleared or, or the same color. And now you've got to work on waiting for bombs or moving these monsters around again so that you can clear all of them at the same time. So you can move on to the next level. Um, at the end too, you get to collect coins, uh, for some reason, which is also fun. Little gold (laughs) coins. Oh, so there's levels. I assumed it was like a never ending 
kind of situation like Tetris. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a combination of those two things, right? Because it's like the level is just another like preset, like here's the monsters in a different pattern. And, you know, the red guys are diagonal here. So put the red bomb at the top and it'll get rid of them all and cause a cascading effect or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just a matter of that. As, as you go on, the only thing that's different is I think there's like gems later on. Um, I couldn't even tell you what those do compared to other things. Cause that's, <laughs> it's the first time I've gotten that far, uh, in this game, but, and, uh, and sorry if I missed this, but if you're playing as toad and like, how does Wario come into play in this? <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I think he, he comes in and he taunts you, uh, when you're taking too long and, and drops monsters, but otherwise, uh, he seems a little superfluous to uh, to the game. I'll say he must have been hot at that point. I think that was right after uh, uh, Super Mario uh, was that Super Mario Land three Wario Land had come out. That sounds about yeah. right. So and it, even his sprite in that game looks like the Game Boy sprite from like Mario Land two and Wario Land. So I think that's kind of why they kind of leaned into it and like, eh, we need to sell this. Let's put Wario on it. And, you know, that alliteration, you know, we love our alliteration go. here at Pursuing Pixels. We do. So, uh, it's, it's Wario's really Woods, they're all about it. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it just sounds good, you know, it rolls <laughs> off the tongue, it has a nice ring to it, so. And then, quickly, Donkey Kong 3 is another game that nobody talks about, right? Yeah, is is there a Donkey Kong 2, or is it Donkey Kong Jr. that is Donkey Kong 2? Donkey Kong Jr. is 2. three. Oh. <laughs> yep. Okay. So yep, what's up with Donkey Kong Three? I'm not I'm not super familiar. Unless is this the is this the game with the bug? Yes, the bug catcher. Okay, oh, okay, fill me in, <laughs> fill me in, Randy, fill me in. <laughs> uh, I thought it was topical because we were talking about cockroaches earlier. So I thought, <laughs> like, let's talk. Uh, so <laughs> so Donkey Kong Three, uh, you play as uh, n- not Mario. Uh, I should know that guy's name, but I don't off the top of my head. But he's got uh, uh, like a bug uh, spray gun, basically, that he's shooting upwards, which doesn't make a ton of sense in that the real goal of it is Donkey Kong's kind of up on two vines, kind of like Donkey Kong Jr., where, you know, he's holding on two different vines and you're kind of pushing him upwards. Um, The goal is to get him all the way to the top so that it sets off going to the next stage. Uh, in the meantime, there's a lot of bugs and bees and stuff coming from these hives that are also up at the top that are trying to like hit you. And it's one it's one touch, one death type of thing. Right. There's there's uh, a just avoidance. It's an old school arcade game. Uh, I think this came out like early mid 80s. So, yeah, it's pretty harsh that way, although you can definitely spam it if you know what you're doing. There's only four levels, right? And a couple of them are where, like, if you know what you're doing, even on a harder difficulty, you can jump up real quick with your character and just start mashing on that that bug gun uh, up DK's butt until he jumps all the way to the top. <laughs> and then you're on to the next level pretty quickly. Um, but it can get really hard because, like, a lot of the arcade games of this vintage, it gets a little faster. The enemies get a little bit more resilient. Uh, you do have this like upgrade, uh, item that drops when you get DK up to a certain point, his hand kind of hits it and it falls to the floor. You can grab it and it makes your gun faster and a little bit more, uh, effective where it'll take out the bugs that take two hits. It'll take them out in one. And it, it kind of makes DK, 
uh, go up the vines a little bit quicker too, so you can end the level quickly. Um, it's not the most complicated game, but I think it's worth talking about more than it gets talked about. And now you can play it on Switch if you pay the 20 bucks for Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, which is a great, uh, you know, on top of the not only the NES Online, but especially with Tetris 99. Oh, yeah. You know, added on top of that, which we've oh, talked yeah. about on previous on a previous episode of the podcast. It's real good. Um, yeah, just very, very reasonable value considering you're paying 50 bucks on uh playstation or xbox 20 bucks a year yeah that's like nothing and now we're getting (laughs) pretty heavy rumors of the super nintendo stuff coming too so i'm waiting for it i'm waiting for it and for the record uh his name is stanley stanley Stanley. the man (laughs) stanley the bug man that's right thank you kevin yeah uh to correct you it's uh 70 dollars i think for uh, no it's twenty dollars a year for the NES online. No, I'm talking for PlayStation. Seventy? Is it really? I think so. It's at I least sixty. It was 50. It's, I think it went up. Oh man! But Sheesh. that being said, I still think I get my value from PlayStation more. Oh, than. you definitely do. The the NES online stuff. I mean, the twenty dollars. This is just to also be able to play online on on all of these right. services. Um, but 20 bucks to be able to play online on the switch and also get these NES games and hopefully super Nintendo games in the future. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) very true. But still for the convenience, I'm still like 20 bucks a year. Like what that breaks down to. I I just couldn't care less. Yeah, right. No, Um, that, that is still a good value. Just, just don't put it up. But but they do, they do, they do put some pretty cool games on the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation plus. They do. I agree. <laughs> Although I think they've slacked a little bit more this year than they have in years past. I agree, which uh, which I which I was kind of hoping they would, uh, you know, once they stopped, they kind of announced that they were going to stop adding, like they would add games to not only the PlayStation 4, but there would be two games for the PlayStation 4, two games for the PlayStation 3, and then right. two games for the PlayStation Vita. Right. And a lot of times there would be cross, you know, games that were, you know, for example, Iconoclast was a PlayStation Vita PS Plus game. But it was crossed by on the PS4, so I was able to scoop that up, even though I don't have a PlayStation Vita. Right. So, a little bit of a bummer. I was kind of thinking they were going to ramp that up, being that they canceled, you know, went from six games to two to every once in a while three. Uh, a little bit of a bummer that they haven't stepped that up big time. Although, Sniper Elite, as I wrote, I kind of wrote that game off, and this Me sounds too. pretty cool now. Yeah. So, Although, I will say... PS Plus is still fifty nine ninety nine. Twelve month subscription. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, wait, we split the difference. I said fifty. You said seventy. Sixty bucks. I said sixty. So the price. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still Carry the on. price of like one one full AAA retail game. So still not too bad. No, and I typically I've got it for forty bucks on like Black Friday and stuff. And those those uh, subscription codes stack too. So I bought like a couple at a time sometimes. Yeah, and I think they even, like, for, uh, I think if you buy Mario Maker, for example, Mario Maker 2 on the Switch, you can get a version of it for 70 instead of 60 yeah, that then gives right. you a full year of uh, any or the, not NES Online, but the Nintendo Switch Online. Right. So, again, saving a little bit of money there. But, again, either, either way, good value on either front, yep. I would say. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since we're talking about uh, this, is I wouldn't say this is quite retro, retro but since i uh since you guys have been taking the lead here so far 
I want to talk a little bit about Super Meat Boy. There you go. I decided to uh, go back. It was on sale not too long ago. It's only 15 bucks normally, but it was on sale for 10 bucks ish on the Nintendo Switch. And uh, I do have it on the PlayStation 4. I originally played it back on the Xbox 360. Oh, yeah. Um, I played a lot of it back then. I don't know if I ever finished the game, and I still have not done that <laughs> just yet. Oh, you mean like but, 100% uh, Yeah, well, I don't even think I ever beat the game. Really? Um, oh. But I just, uh, I really enjoyed this game, and I know we've compared, uh, you know, we played Celeste or talked about Celeste last week, and uh, just have compared a lot of the platformers that we've played to this game, so I just figured, yeah. you know what, it's on sale, I just grabbed it, I might as well actually dip back into this game and check it out, and uh one thing that I did want to note, and I think this is relatively well known, but uh, the original game had a soundtrack done by uh, Danny Baranowski, uh, oh, who did the soundtrack yeah. for, uh, yeah, he did the soundtrack for Crypto the Necrodancer, and I think he did the soundtrack for the new Cadence of Hyrule. Um, he also did the original soundtrack for Binding of Isaac, but I think for both yeah. of these games, he uh, he just decided, he, I, I was reading a little bit of something that... I d- didn't get into any specifics, but just said that he didn't want to work with Team Meat anymore. Oh boy! Uh, but unfortunately, he you know he he said he wished them the best and everything. He didn't didn't get into anything specific. Nothing malicious was said or anything, but just said he didn't want to work with them anymore. Um, For those and, who are uh, unaware, why might he not want to work with? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, they just I, I don't know much about them. I mean, I just seen a little bit in the indie game, uh, the movie documentary. And they just seem I, I could I could just see them rubbing people the wrong way, I suppose. Um, Although just, I will say I'm a I'm a huge Binding of Isaac fan and I do like Super Meat Boy. So I, I love Super Meat Boy and we'll talk about that in a second. And for what it's worth, I actually as much as I, I do recall and I will say this soundtrack between the new version and the original from what I recall, at least from memory. And I did look up a YouTube video and I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, but I did look up a YouTube video that just compared the original to the current and it, I mean, it is very, I, I definitely, there were some tracks that were taking me back a little bit, um, which I didn't expect. Cause even though I did play this game a long time ago, I didn't expect to have like those nostalgic kind of feelings for it. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it definitely just feels totally different. And, uh, and, and I don't, I, you know, as much as Crypt of the Necrodancer is a fun game, I haven't played Cadence of Hyrule yet. But I actually don't really care for the music in those games. I actually that's one of the things I don't love about them and why I haven't played a ton of Crypt of the Necrodancer because it is a music based game. It isn't a game that, uh, you know, it is a roguelike and it is a game that like when I play Eagle Island lately, since I've you know gotten so far into the game at this point, I typically just put on a podcast or some music or something right. while I'm playing. And uh, with uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer that you can't do that, you know, you really have to be in the zone um, and I do find it's, it's just a little intense for me. Um, but I, I do think that, uh, the super meat boy original soundtrack was a little bit more subdued and had, had a good variety, had, it just had a nice mix. It fit the game really well. Yeah. And the new soundtrack's not bad. I, I get these stupid, uh, like the first world, the forest world has like this kind of banjo ish music, uh, going on, uh, like hmm. kind of like twangy southernish music, um, that, it sort of fits the vibe, but not really. Um, but it, I, I find myself kind of humming it in my head. So it's not like it's bad music by any means. And they did get some pretty, I, for, I forget who was all involved, but they did get some pretty like uh, legitimate people with a good track record that have worked on some previous things that uh, that I've enjoyed. Okay. But uh, but I just, uh, it didn't have the same feel. I, I definitely noticed that while playing. But, uh, but 
kind of aside from that, I just kind of noticed that uh, as much as we've compared this to games like Celeste and uh, some of the other kind of hardcore platformers that we've played, it feels very, very different. You know, Meat Uh-oh. Boy has a has a ton, of, not in a bad way necessarily, but it took me a little getting used to. But like Meat Boy has a a lot of momentum. Like it gets takes a little bit of time to get going, but also and and I think uh, the Game Maker's Toolkit uh, video that we mentioned in the last episode briefly touches on this. But like really, it's a it's a much weightier character when you're on the ground. But at the same time, when you're in the air, you're much floatier. Right. Um, you don't have any kind of dash ability, but you can kind of wall jump up a wall uh, indefinitely. Um, and you can really just get some crazy hang time. And it's all about uh, picking up speed and momentum. Um, and I just found that kind of interesting. It, it, it was uh, different than I remembered it being, yeah. I guess, uh, but not in a bad way. I, I really haven't. I've played through the first like two worlds. I played uh, like the light world of both the first two uh, worlds and the dark world of the first world. And then there's also like a hidden bandage on every level. Right. Uh, sometimes they're more hidden. Sometimes they're more just kind of precariously placed. A little bit of a combination of uh, both, which we've talked about before with like the Mario games uh, and the way they place like the three hidden coins in some of the newer uh, new Super Mario Brothers games. But um, I don't know. I, I found that kind of interesting too. the way it kind of like to get an A plus ranking on these levels, which is the way you unlock the dark uh, world level of each, you know, there's 20 levels in each world. And if you like on level one, you have to get an A plus to unlock the dark world of level one, one, Jeez, you have to get that a plus ranking, which is, you know, if you, if you, you don't typically have to find some hidden path or anything like that. You just kind of have to nail the level essentially you know you don't don't have to do anything crazy but uh but it it feels really good you know and i I was feeling really good playing this game and i'm I'm excited to play some more um even though uh i do find myself just wanting to throw on a podcast whereas like the music i I do remember it just being a an experience i kind of got kind of got sucked into you know this was a pretty early xbox 360 like indie game xbox downloadable title yeah 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 and this was something that kind of caught my eye right off the bat but I know you got you two have both played this game, so uh, I've been talking for a little while. But any thoughts on this one? I know you haven't played it recently, but yeah, it's been a minute for me. I definitely want to revisit it because you know it is one of the more challenging experience I've had. Because you know when we were living together, you you did uh, say that if I a hundred percented this game, you would bow down. To me. <laughs> I forgot. I totally forgot about that. That was including getting all the bandages, which I don't know if I finished that thought, but like. It totally fin like you're going for these A plus runs where you're like kind of speed running the levels almost. You know, you you feel like you gotta memorize them and you're dying a shit ton. Right. And you're just like one after another, one more try, one more try, one more try. But uh when you're going for the bandages, not all of them, but I mean a lot of these, like, you're probably not even capable of getting an A plus and getting that bandage. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's people who can, but as a normal human being, <laughs> it's probably a little bit tougher to uh, to manage on some of them. And you really have to it's it's the platforming. Again, you have that really floaty. You feel in control, but it's really floaty uh, the way you feel in the air. And you, it just like it really changes. The, it's almost like there's two versions of the level. You know, they really like change the way because you it's not just like you collect the bandage and you've collected it. You have to collect the bandage and complete the level. Right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's similar to how Phoenix Furia is, um, where it's like they've got a cookie in each level. But, you know, if you're going to get the the 
you know, time that gets you all the stars, you, you can't go for that. Like it has to be like separate runs. Um, but yeah, after playing that game, I am curious to go back to Meat Boy and like compare them. Cause like, you know, it'll be like the feel of the momentum of Meat Boy versus like having, you know, that dash and infinite jump mechanic in Phoenix Fury and like, which kind of feels better, but I am, you know, saddened to hear that the, the soundtrack is, you know, potentially, you know, doesn't live up to the original. Yeah. That's but, a big uh, deal. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like bad or anything like that, but it, it cause these songs, like I said, I, I get this little banjo riff stuck in my head, but, uh, it just, it just doesn't feel the same. You know, you, you can tell it's different. I, I wouldn't say that I would have even been able to recall any of the original songs or anything like that. Uh, like when I looked up that YouTube video, you know, it's not like any of them jogged my memory like, oh, yeah, I loved that song. But it still it just felt different. You know, it just felt like it was like just tacked on. It didn't feel like it was part of the game. Right. Um, Even still, though, like, I, you know, back when I originally did my run, like, again, it was, you know, toss on a podcast or whatever. So, you know, how much does that really affect things if I'm just going to toss on a podcast anyway? So. Right. It's definitely one of those games that like, yeah, once you kind of get the idea, because I do think for the most part, the world, there's not like, you know, 10 different songs per world. It's like the world just kind of has its song overall. There might be a few different tracks, but kind of like a general theme. Um, but yeah, not a, not a huge gripe. I've still been really enjoying this game and, and excited that I've gone back to it because, yeah, I don't think, like I said before, I never finished it. And I kind of want to kind of I've been kind of just uh, deciding to like, I'm just going to go for beating the levels, go for the A plus. Then I'm going to try to go for the dark world and go for some of these bandages. I don't expect to 100 percent it or anything like that. But uh, if I do, you do, I'll bow down. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> there but you uh, go. one more thing to add, too, is uh, that I forgot about is like I forgot that there's like all these unlockable characters that uh you can get uh, either via spending your bandages, but there's also like sometimes these warp zones that are located in the levels that then lead you to like these uh, series of three levels that you get three lives per level in these little like three chunks uh, that replenish like each time you beat a level or a challenge. Uh, but like, for example, I went to one that was like I, I unlocked Commander Video from the Bit Trip games, which, nice. which we've talked about a little bit, which has like a little bit of like a small hover ability. Oh, wow. And I know I know uh, they have like a Gish, which is a character from another game called Gish. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a ton of characters in the game, uh, just sometimes different versions of Meat Boy um, that just have slightly different abilities. But yeah, that just, uh, you know, that probably helps with the cause of like getting some of the bandages and and whatnot. So I'm kind of curious to to dig a little deeper into this game. You know, I just kind of refresh my memory. And and I did play some of the tougher challenges, like some of those uh, dark world challenges, even on the first world, got pretty, pretty tough. So uh, oh, yeah. this this game, you know, it has not gotten easier with age. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of uh, curious to see how it held up. I'm, I, I kind of want to check it out myself, too, because this came out back in 2010. So almost 10 years ago at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's really tough. Yeah, but uh, but definitely uh, definitely having a good time. Happy it's on the Switch. I also have it on the PlayStation Four and the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and uh, you know it's on Steam. It's pretty much anywhere you can buy video games. This game is available, and the sequel is supposed to come out at the end of this year. Uh, Super Ooh. Meat Boy Forever, right? Yeah. Which looks a little bit more like an auto runner. I know yeah. they never uh, explicitly said that that yeah, was the case. That's kind but of the vibe I got too. Yeah, 
I gotta say, I'm not super into the style of that game. Like, it has more of, like, that really bold, like, comic book outline kind of style. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I I can't say I'm super excited about that game, but uh, I'll be... I'm, I'm still have my ear to the floor, because, oh, yeah. I mean, this, this is a radar. great game. The original is great, so I, you know... And, and Team Meat has put out quite a few good games. You know, I've not played The Binding of Isaac, but... Uh, What's their other game? They have one other game, right? Uh, the end is nine. Yep. Yep. So, and which is, uh, I've only played a tiny, tiny bit, but that game feels pretty nice. What I've played so far. Binding so. of Isaac is great. We will talk about it in a future episode. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. Well, uh, why don't we talk about another game from that era? Uh, maybe a couple years later, but another uh, pretty big indie title that kind of, you know, some of the Super Meat Boy kind of came out and kind of helped kind of champion this kind of indie game culture. Yeah. Um, but uh, DJ's been playing a little bit of Fez, which is, I know, a game that we've all played quite a bit of. Yeah. Um, I, I played, I never beat, or, I, you know, I did beat the game. Not not beat beat the game, but I did beat it in some capacity. But, but go ahead, DJ, you take it away. Okay, so, I mean, I guess the way to describe uh, the, the world, I guess, is, you know, all the levels or what have you, are built in like a 3d space um but you are only like like a cube but you as the player uh are only interfacing with one side of the cube at a time and but you can switch to different sides so you're basically switching your perspective like 90 degrees at a time like yeah, rotating right. it yeah, yeah so so a platform that was you know on the left side of the screen in one perspective could be on the right side of the screen in another perspective and by you know shifting your perspective around it lets you complete platforming challenges and solve different puzzles um but man like i was not i don't know i i wasn't expecting to get so sucked into this game like Cause there are just so many levels and I was just like, I, I guess not levels rooms, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking like, Oh, this is, is so vast. Like how can I keep track of all this? Um, but at the same time I, I did still find myself just being immersed and trying to figure out like, what is this world? What do I need to do to navigate through it? Um, Cause there's so many, you know, areas that are blocked off based on different like puzzles presented to you. Um, and you have to like, you know, go to certain rooms that'll, you know, on the walls, they'll have, you know, answers to, you know, how to solve certain puzzles, like not explicitly, but you know, you have to kind of put all the pieces together of what you're being presented in this world. And right. Man, like, uh, it was, uh, I, I have mixed feelings because although I was very immersed, I was somewhat unsatisfied with the puzzles that were presented to me. And Interesting. I, Cause I, I found, I found the puzzles pretty satisfying when I played, but I found the, uh, I found the platforming to be a little bit unsatisfying. Um, like it was a little bit clunky, a little bit slow, um, as a 2d platformer, it just didn't really require too much platforming skill. No, I don't think that's the focus of that game. Which is, yeah, that's, that's fine. I I guess I just, as someone who loves those types of games, 
I just like was hoping for a little more of that, I suppose. Yeah, I guess it, it would have been cool if you could incorporate the perspective switching less so in a puzzle solving perspective and more so in a platforming perspective. But um, yeah, well, with the puzzles, it was like. It seemed like eh, for some of the harder puzzles, because they're, you know, throughout the game, like you're trying to find all these cubes, essentially. um, And you discover at some point that there are also anti cubes. And those are basically what you get when you solve the particularly difficult puzzles. Um, But, you know, it felt like not to me not enough thought went into those and i guess what i mean is like you know you you would discover how to solve a puzzle and that same puzzle would basically be replicated in multiple rooms oh so it didn't feel like I was solving unique puzzles every time. It was just like it just it felt a little copy pasted where it was just like I just have to go to the room and do the thing, not like I have to go to the room and, you know, find this new puzzle and, you know, really rack my brain and I don't know. I will say like I, I didn't do too many of those anti cubes. I maybe I got like a handful of them. But I will say that the ones that I experienced personally were like there were I know what you mean about there being like kind of different iterations on like a puzzle style. But I I did feel like there was definitely like it wasn't just like, oh, you get it. You get the idea. And that's what the puzzle is like. It definitely felt like there were some different ideas. Like there were some where you had to kind of like place these blocks and rotate the perspective to make them into different like Tetris block shapes or there were definitely like that. It's not like every puzzle was based on that. You know, there were like five, six, seven, you know, a handful of different types of puzzles at least. So it wasn't like just one style. There, there were a the couple. Yeah. And I guess, you know, what I don't like are puzzles that. That require things outside of the game itself. And by that, I mean, like, they've got, like, those, what, QR codes or whatever they're called. Like, you have to, like, you know... Scan de- it with your phone. Scan it with your phone, and, and you'll get, like, the the button code that you need to press in order to unlock a cube. It's oh, just wow. Like, I don't even remember that stuff. Yeah, it's a little obtuse, for sure, in that regard. I, I guess I just think, like, everything that I should need for this puzzle should be contained within the game itself. So you don't like Metal Gear Solid is what you're saying. <laughs> I have not played the original, but Fair. I, <laughs> you know, am aware of some of the things you're probably referring to. Okay. And I would agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was that there was the, okay. It was, I I did have to, you know, look things up. I couldn't do it. I couldn't 100% it. I did get like two thirds of the anti-cubes, but I realized like I wasn't going to get it. I wasn't going to get them all. Um, And one of the, uh, so some of the puzzles revolve around, uh, I guess this is spoilery, so (laughs) warning. Spoilers. 
uh, revolve around, you know, deciphering this kind of alphabet that's presented in the game. Um, and to do that, you, you're supposed to decipher it in a room where you, uh, where there is a fox jumping over a frog and the significance of that is it's a reference to a phrase that I didn't know of. It's I think it's the quick fox jumps over the lazy frog uh, or dog or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's well, it's a it's a panogram, meaning it's a phrase that contains every letter of the alphabet. Whoa. And, you know, next to that the fox that's jumping like there is a statue and it's got like the the alphabet of the game or like the text of the game like on the statue and you're supposed to you know kind of plug that phrase into that to figure out what every letter translates to right it's giving me and, Commander Keen flashbacks. Like, <laughs> things back in that day. I wonder if that's where Phil Fish pulled his uh, influence from for that. Well, it's like, you know, I guess sounds like none of us were aware of that phrase. So. I've never heard no. that, no. Yeah, so it's like, if you don't know that, how are you supposed to yeah. figure it out? Yeah. But then also, like, to have the, I don't know, the puzzles then be just translating uh, you know, that, that text, it's like, you, you know, I've, you figured out what, once you know it, you know, it. yeah. So it's tedious, it's but just it, tedious. And it's not like, you're not like resolving stuff. You're just literally just plugging the stuff in. Yeah. I, or I you're know. not like utilizing the game's mechanics to solve things. Cause yeah. I know they do have like, once you beat, beat, beat the game, you know, in quotes, uh, when I've got like all the regular cubes or enough of the regular cubes to beat the game, you like you get like a you get these sunglasses or whatever that allow you to like go into a first person mode. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that let you explore the levels a little more deeply. And I, I haven't explored too much of that. Like I said, I got a couple of the anti cubes throughout playing just like through the normal game, but haven't like gotten any through using that mechanic. But does that come into play at all or? Uh, I remember one room in particular where it did. And it was because you could tell as you were shifting perspective that like there was maybe like a poster on a wall but like by the time you you know set up the perspective to where it's going to be like there was something blocking it like always so you could never see it unless you had those glasses and zoomed in Ah. um maybe that was a little hard to describe but it, it didn't seem uh yeah very intuitive where that would be needed like I can't really recall anywhere aside from that one spot that I needed the glasses, but you know, then again, I only found like two thirds of the anti cube. So yeah, it felt like a more of like a cool and impressive thing to just be in the game to like, Oh, I can just actually explore these levels like in a 3d context, but yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess uh, one, just to go back to the puzzles, I guess like I would, you know, com- contrast that against like something in like Blossom Tales. Like, remember there were those puzzles where it's like you need to walk on all the tiles yeah. in a yeah. certain thing, but That's only my jam. Once. It's like you knew that that was the thing you needed to do, but 
in each time you were given that you were given a different thing to solve. Right. So it wasn't like you were plugging the same thing in really. Right. Um, so like, I guess that, that feels more rewarding and like, I don't know, justified and engaging than the, the copy paste thing where it's just like, just literally plug the thing in, plug the decoder in, in these rooms. I don't know. I'm just shitting on this. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> though, no, though, I, mean, I mean, I did, I did enjoy my time. Me as well. And, and for what it's worth, it's got like, it's got great music, just like the, the sense of very vibey, the sense of place. Yeah. There's like a really good vibe to it. And it took me I a little like while. Like you go through a lot too. Yeah. And you go through like these portals or doorways that it took me a little while to figure out, but you can sort of like see like, Oh, if I go through this doorway, the whatever the area is that's like in the background that's where i'm going to end up and like it took me a minute to realize that like the map system is really complicated in this game like convoluted and just uh, not intuitive at all to me at least um but but in the world i felt like it was kind of cool though like if it, it did feel very immersive like i just remember being pretty sucked into this world yeah i guess you you bring up another thought i had the the backtracking was just a bitch yeah there was a lot of that (laughs) well it's also like you know it's almost like even if you solve something the first time you have to like keep you know going uh, i don't know you you have to keep going through the tedium of what you had to do to beat the level the first time there's there's not many like ways to shortcut your way through a specific room um if yeah there's like those portals but like again they're they're just kind of like to connect between like the different zones yeah but they're, they're not they're like s- convenient to like oh i need to get to this puzzle no yeah yeah so, yeah but but i guess you know if that may be what added to the immersion is not being able to hop around you know yeah so i don't know i mean this this was my first playthrough, but you know, Randall, what was what was your experience like going through this game when you did? Boy, it was a it was a while ago. So Fez came out in 2012, and that's when I played it. Uh, and I definitely did not beat it. I didn't even come close to beating it. That time. <laughs> the the old adage of something new and shiny coming along and stealing my attention away after playing this for probably yeah. Probably only what it amount what amounted to probably like three or four hours, if I'm being honest. But I did like my time with it. Um, like I kind of mentioned before, it, it does kind of remind me of. I think it's got some kind of PC lineage going on there. Um, a little bit slower paced. Uh, it also kind of reminds me of. Uh, there's some Super Paper Mario things going on there too, uh, with perspective shift shifting perspective between like 2D and 3D stuff. So. Um, you know, I was into it for, for what I played of it, but boy, it's been a while. All right. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps up Fez and, uh, and back to kind of super meat boy a little bit, although a totally different perspective here, but, uh, Randall and I, and uh, a little bit more myself, I think this week, uh, but I, we've been playing a little bit of this game called raised R A Z E D. Um, and this is kind of like a, just to put it simply, I guess it's kind of like a 3d super meat boy. At least it's, you know, really precise platforming, um, you know, momentum based, uh, you know, again, that's uh, that's oversimplifying it a little bit. 
But uh, they're quick, you know, 20, 30 second levels, if not a little bit shorter. And it's all about, yeah. get, you know, getting that, you know, you get a ranking after each level, S being, you know, the best. And, you know, there's different paths you can take that are a little bit shorter, a little bit simpler. And uh, unlike Super Meat Boy, you do unlock some new abilities in this game, uh, which uh, to me have like a really nice feedback system um, in terms of you kind of have this like radial uh not bar, but this kind of radial circle around you that fills up as you're running. Um, and that like, as you, you know, to, you have to have that charged up enough to be able to jump or yeah. to be able to do this kind of like explosion attack that you unlock a little bit later that like will explode these, uh, red barrels that will get kind of highlighted and will unlock different paths on the, on the track or whatever. And it almost plays like a 3d racing game. You know, you have like a, you also have like a drift mechanic, which, uh, doesn't use a ton of of that, uh, you know, charge up from that you get from running, but it does use a it little does, bit of yeah, that. It does use some, but the, but the jump and the uh, and the uh, explosion little mechanic to use up a ton of juice. Yeah, and it uh, the jump in particular, and I mean, like as you're so as you're running, you're building up that charge. But even if you're so if you jump and you're in the air and you're clearing, like some of these jumps are like a pretty long like gap in the air oh yeah and that that meter is constantly draining while you're not running um to the so, point where you can run, explode in the air because you've run out of the correct the yeah. gems or power or whatever yeah and you you uh, otherwise you like, you pretty much build up this juice only by running but there are these like diamonds or gems or whatever throughout the level that are kind of placed in your running path or or on a specific path that let you collect and then re you know re up your power really quickly you know in some cases you do have to almost hit not not necessarily every single one of those gems but you definitely like if you don't get those gems you're not going to be able to jump again uh to clear that next gap no chance Um, but yeah (laughs) that is what you got yes um but i i've been really enjoying uh I've I've really enjoyed this game a ton. I I find myself uh you know some of these levels I think I'll play for like 15, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time um just to beat them and and not every one of them, but uh I don't know. I you know every once in a while I'll find myself getting caught on like some geometry of the level yeah or something crazy, but for the most part I I really don't find that to be the case and I it feels really smooth. It takes a little getting used to the controls, but uh as you unlock like the drift ability and the uh, and the jump and it looks like there's going to be even like potentially some double jump and and you upgrade these abilities as you go and there's different paths like you can take some kind of crazy paths I've seen some videos like this this game kind of caught my eye because it was on sale for half off on the uh, Nintendo eShop and it kind of reminded me of uh, Marble It Up which you've talked about Randall yeah. on the podcast before but just had that kind of like that momentum and like oh, yeah. again seeing some of these paths of like oh this person's just kind of running on this like scaffolding and like bouncing off this crazy like platform that isn't really meant to be jumped off of but you know just because the way you can land on it you can kind of take this crazy path uh, that some of them you can tell they clearly plan because there's like little gems there, the little diamonds that you can collect so you can jump again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've just I've found myself uh, I and I haven't explored some of these mechanics, but I mean, like if you're into chasing high scores, like you can I believe you can just look at the leaderboards and select somebody and like upload their ghost and be yeah. able to race against that ghost, which is really cool. That's super cool. Um, and you can race against your own ghost. And I'm, I'm about halfway, a little over halfway through the, actually, I think I'm almost all the way through the third world in oh, the game. 
Um, and I think there's uh, six worlds in the game with like 10 levels or so each. Um, but yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with this game. I know you were uh, a little more lukewarm on this so far, Randall. But uh, what do you think so far? Yeah, so I'm I'm about halfway through the second world. And uh, yeah, I guess lukewarm is probably where I'd put myself. There's things about it I really like. Like uh, the visual style reminds me of like Res or something like that. Um, very neon um minimalist but kind of in a cool stylized way i, I yeah, like that how this re- game looks yeah almost like a little like not quite jet grind radio but between like the mechanics of the game and this like kind of cell shaded yeah like style it, it has a little bit of that i know what you're saying yeah but res is definitely a good touch point yes um yeah i guess my what brings me to lukewarm instead of a little bit more positive is like I feel like this game is more of a runner than anything else. I feel like you have to be like almost pixel precise. The game is like the language of the game leads you to believe that you can kind of uh, platform the the way that you want to get through a level. But like you described, if you're not collecting those gems very specifically, you will die or you won't have enough energy to make a jump. Like you won't, it, the game won't even let you jump. It just like your circle flashes red or whatever. And you just fall off the end because you're just running. Right. Right. <laughs> and you then you're restarting enough, from which, the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Which I do. I think I, I sort of touched on it briefly and I don't think I finished that thought, but I really like like when you, when you have charged up enough to jump, there's like a little, like little blip sound effect that like there's, there's yeah. really good like audio visual feedback for uh when you're charged up enough to do these to use these abilities or to uh and and one thing that's also kind of interesting or worth uh noting a little bit not that it plays into the game too much but it is kind of cool that like you're essentially like you play as this character that like you have these like talking shoes and they they you know they make little stupid jokes nothing super interesting or funny but but you do play like you're like playing in an unfinished video game yeah and that's like kind of the concept, like this unfinished video game and the developer comes in like, ah, I just couldn't finish this video game and I'm just going to destroy it. And you're essentially just trying to like escape the levels that are like half finished. So, there, you know, there's just like geometry just kind of floating in space. Right. But it kind of like justifies it by like, yeah, we had this game idea and it never fully got fleshed out. So but you're just trying to kind of escape, you know, before it gets destroyed, which right. is, you know, a cool you know, cheesy meta concept. Yeah. Yeah. And you're the developer is like your boss, at least of the first world at the, the, the last level of the first world. Um, which is cool. It's kind of a cool sequence, but it, it like comes back to my gripe of the other gripe I have is like maybe once or twice was I actually able to, to beat a level on the first try. And, you know, it's okay if a game's difficult, I don't mind difficult, but I felt like I had to memorize it first before yeah. I was successful to some degree. There there's certainly some memorization involved for sure. Which I I mean I play a lot of retro games. I'm I'm <clears> not <throat> I'm not uh you know running away from that really, but I don't know. In this I, I just felt like it's telling me I can be more free form with how I complete levels, but that wasn't really the reality that I faced most often. And I don't know, it just, I found myself more frustrated than not sometimes going through some of these levels. Yeah. You know, so one of the things that I wonder is that, uh, so as I'm unlocking new abilities, I've definitely, I did go back and play a couple of older levels just to, I, I can't remember what, even why I was going back and replaying them, but I, I did for whatever reason and definitely noticed like, Oh, now that I have, now that I have this ability, I think I can like take this path instead. And I'm wondering uh. is like if the game goes on, like 
maybe the way to go about it is like, hey, I'm just going to play through the game, take the main path. And kind of like I was talking about in Super Meat Boy, you know, not to make that comparison again, uh, like we do with every game that it's we play. It's what we have to do. Legally. But, yeah. <laughs> the Super Meat Boy cast. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like you you almost have to play with a different mindset to get those bandages in Super Meat Boy. And in this game, it's like maybe the way to play is like go for because I'm, I'm beating these levels with like every now and then I'll get an A or an S ranking. But for the most part, I'm getting B's and C's. Yeah. And even D's here and there. Yeah. And I'm wondering if like you're not really capable of getting an A or an S ranking until you get some of these other abilities like a double jump or um which i don't know if that's even a thing but there's just some of the some of the way that some of these levels are laid out there's like there's no way you could do this unless you are able to do a like a mid-air jump or right. something right um so that does uh that does make me think like maybe the way to do it is like play through the game kind of the way it's like a little more scripted in this uh you know the the main playthrough yeah. or the initial playthrough and then as you you know unlock the character's abilities then you're you know you're able to play the levels a little more freeform um, but yeah, regardless, I, I do know what you mean. And I definitely agree with, with some of that scriptedness of the game so yeah. far. Um, but I'm finding myself having a lot of fun. I, I don't know that I'll get all the way through or anything, but for a just kind of quick, good pick up and play game, then the controls feel like really tight. Yeah. Um, they, they take a little getting used to, like I said, just cause any, you know, every game feels a little bit different. So it takes a little getting used to. But uh, once once I'm used to it, I mean, I'm right back in the zone. And even though I'm saying like some of these levels are taking 15, 20 tries to beat, oh, if yeah. not more. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel good about it. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like almost every mistake is my fault. I'm never feeling like the game is like fucking up and, and screwing me over. Oh, no, definitely not. And when you're in that like speed running flow state zone, it's it does feel pretty good. Like when yeah, you're just kind of nailing this and then that and like it all just kind of chains together. It does feel good. And it does have that like just instantaneous like reload and you can even yes. you can hit the X button to like if you're like, oh, I fucked up that path. If you're if you are going for either speed running or just like, you know, like I'm just not in the groove like I, I messed that up. I missed that turn. You know, yep. I'm off like you can just hit X and immediate restart. I yes. mean, it's it's like instantaneous almost, which is pretty impressive for you know, a three-dimensional game. It's not just something as simple, at least visually, as Super Meat Boy, you know? For sure. So. And it's it's super important for this a game like this uh, to be successful is that instant Correct. restart. I, I mean, that's everything. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, the only thing that could make this game, you know, it, it lacks that, like, extra level of polish. Like, again, like, having all those... Like we talked about Celeste last week, there's like the the soundtrack is such an important part of that game where like this is just like, oh, you're in world three. Here's the song for world three. Yeah. And, and that's like yeah. and that's fine, because, again, like I, I love putting out a podcast where I'm just kind of zoning out playing like a mindless game like this where I'm I'm focused, but I don't need to think about like, hmm, what do I you know, I'm not like I'm not puzzle solving. I'm just kind of reacting. Right. So uh, it, it's perfect for that kind of thing. And it I, I enjoy it for that. And I like having games in in my uh queue that i want to play or that i'm currently playing that that fit that bill so yeah you can definitely turn off a lot of parts of your brain to just kind of zone in and play something like this which that's definitely worth something yeah yeah but a really cool game i'm, I'm definitely enjoying it and for the six bucks i paid for it yeah <laughs> like i like definitely well worth it so and i think for what it's worth at the time of recording here it still is currently on sale on the nintendo switch eShop. so yeah i personally uh, happy to recommend it. 
yeah yeah so saw little clips that you uh recorded and uh yeah i'm really glad it's still on sale because i think i'm gonna get it it does seem like something that's up your alley for sure dj don't, i'm, don't I'm excited like that. you know what i play <laughs> and uh, yeah unfortunately there's no like online like co-op or anything like that but yeah again it does have those leaderboards and the ghosts and stuff like that so pretty cool and severe difficulty for you dj so <laughs> you got that going on too i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, well, yeah, I think uh, we had a little bit of a lighter gaming week this week, uh, even though we had a little bit more time between recording than usual. But uh, just been a pretty hectic week on, uh, I think, all of our ends. But uh, but our game of the month this uh, month for the month of August is going to be Into the Breach, which uh, one of the reasons I've played a little bit less uh, this week is because I did put about five hours into Into the Breach. And I'm not going to nice. say much other than uh I am finding myself firing this game up pretty much every time I turn on my Switch. So I'm uh, excited to play more, and I'm excited to talk to you guys about it at the end of the month. And hopefully we can bring John back for another uh, little Into the Breach conversation and also a little NBA conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, I uh, I think if you guys are feeling good, I think we can wrap it up there. Feeling great. Feeling have either of you wonderful. have either of you guys started into the breach for the record or nah, probably this week I'll boot it up. Same yeah. What about you, Randall? Same. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it at the end of the month. But uh but yeah, thanks for listening. This has been Pursuing Pixels, episode number fifteen. Um Yeah, that's all we got. <laughs> See ya. Take Bye-bye. care. Have a great night. But yeah, that was a game that I was not interested in in the slightest. Like I, I, I added it to my library just because it was there, but I didn't download it. I almost didn't even do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about yeah, not even adding it, but I just did it just out of habit. But I kind of want to play it now. Me too. Yeah. Well, hope you guys uh, have a good time with it. I better. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna cancel my. You're gonna pay for my PS Plus <laughs> subscription. You're gonna cancel bucks. my subscription. Seventy bucks. <laughs> <laughs>